What's up guys, this is Corey Baker from Baker Forge and Tool. In my business, we do tons of heavy grinding every single day, and we needed a grinder that could take abuse and keep on trucking without slowing down billet production. The Ameribraid Variable Speed 2x72 is just that. All heavy duty parts and framing with well thought out accessories that are easy to use and not bogged down with lots of tiny parts. By far the best accessory item that Ameribraid sells is their surface grinding attachment. It is absolutely foolproof and the best in the industry. With quick release magnet system, there is no prying your workpiece off the platen. Very fast to slap a billet or a knife onto the table, engage magnets, and start surfacing with precise increments. On top of all of this, their customer support is outstanding. Eric and Kevin are always available and fast to help with any situation. If you're in the market for a top-of-the-line grinder or maybe just an accessory to add to your existing setup, go to merrybraid.com and use the code HUSTLE100 for 100 bucks off any grinder package. All right, next up, the Hustle & Grind Podcast. Oh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to 2024. I'm your host, Ryan Chadbourne Knifeworks, here with Noah, as always. And here again is the boys from Ameribraid. What's going on, guys? How you doing? What's hey, up, guys? Thanks for having us. Oh, that intro wasn't Excited as good as the second. The <laughs> first one. Great. It's fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, oh. So, but. Obviously, you guys have told us in the past you you like the intro with you know with Koi and everything, but do you think maybe we need a, like a new one for twenty twenty four? Like, I feel like maybe that was like the twenty twenty three intro, and like, do we need like a new ad read for you guys? Because I mean, twenty twenty three changed some stuff, right? Sure. Yeah. I mean, now we got some different stuff. Koi needs some of the new stuff. Yeah. Oh, I think it's fine. Koi yeah. should send us a now. little kickback. <laughs> if you send him some stuff because yeah. we put made the idea happen in your brain yeah if he does another ad read like that then right hey, for, we'll make for it him happen. doing ad reads for us for free <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a kickback <laughs> uh Koy had actually brought it up a couple months ago because he because you guys have the hyper disc out now that's in full swing and he said that that ad is a little lengthy he's like it's like a monologue yeah. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I maybe like. We can it. shorten it up a little bit. I like it. I think it's great. I'm, you know, I'm used to it. I'm, I'm used to hearing it. It kicks off the the juices in my brain that gets me into podcast mode. You know. Yeah. I mean, you <laughs> but, guys pay uh, for a minute. You get your minute. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it is almost exactly a minute. minute. I, yeah, it's like I, a I minute. One time. One oh one, I think. Well, and then I let the value. intro play for ten seconds. Yeah. Gotcha. But, okay. Yeah, I I'd be curious to see what uh, you guys think of the new stuff you've got. And uh, yeah, well, I just Talk got about to use hyperdisc. Well, I haven't. I've never. I've I've only seen the hyperdisc at, at Blade. So uh, maybe maybe one day I'll have room in my shop for it. But yeah. the rotary platen uh, I just got to use for the first time the other day. Well, I tried it out when I first got it, but I actually tried it on a knife, and for me, it was really phenomenal because I do a lot of my handle sculpting on a two inch wheel and I haven't been able to um, get a rubber wheel set up because normally my top wheel on my platen has always been a rubber wheel and I haven't been able to get that set up on the new grinder. And so then I got the, the rotary platen and I could just tip that forward and it's like the smoothest of two inch wheels that you could ever have. 
because it's on the rotary platen. So I got to shape a handle on that and it was, it was, it was like butter. Interesting. Like butter. I have to try that. Yeah. I, I haven't used it in all the ways everybody uses it. So I, uh, have a pretty actually narrow view of its value. I hear different things, but the way, the main thing I think of it for is for like flat grinds and blending. Yeah. But, uh, it's nice to hear that it's not just a one trick pony. Not at all. <laughs> no. And, and I do some slack grinding as well. So I know it'll be helpful for that. Um, but again, I mean, I, I haven't had the opportunity to do uh, a knife, like finish on it, uh, yet. I've got, I've got a bunch of billets. I don't have any, any knives right now, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing some finished grinding on, you know, blades on it. But, uh, I just had a handle from a knife that was already finished and I slapped a handle on it just to try it out. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's basically, you know, a, a flat platen. Cause I, I, most people probably don't use a two inch wheel as much as I do, but my handle sculpting, the way that I, I shape my handles progressed from, when I was using a one by 30 and I would use that top wheel as a contact wheel, which is not the greatest idea, uh, with a Harbor freight grinder with a plastic wheel on top, because it will actually grind away that rubber or the plastic wheel pretty quickly. Mm, <laughs> but yeah. then when I got a two by 72, it was like, Oh, Hey, it still has this two inch wheel. I can still do my handles the same way, just a lot better. And so that's just kind of the way I've always done it. So, uh, it, man, it works perfectly for me. Like the, I didn't even think about that when, when getting the rotary platen. And then when I went to do a handle on it, I was like, wait a second, I can just tilt this forward and there it is. It's perfect. So yeah, yeah just happy accident and it is wonderful. So I really like that. And have you, has go Ryan gotten hit, got his machine set up yet? My machine is set up. It's not on the bench. So I've got one more knife on order and then I'm ripping apart my whole grinding setup. So right now I don't have enough bench space to add a grinder. Uh, so as soon as this one quite large chef knife is done, then the grinding room is being built. The benches are being re redone. And since I'm running two machines off one VFD, there's a little extra wiring involved, but not bad. It's not bad. How large I've been putting is this all my attachments. Large. Huh? How large is this quite large chef knife? Uh, nine inch, but it's Apex Ultra Diamond Grind. So, and how's that to grind? Have um, you grinded? Have you grinded into it yet? Uh, I shaped it, and it's I profiled it and heat treated it, and just profile like cutting it out with my angle grinder. It felt like I was cutting ceramic. Oh, wow. like in its soft state, that shit is so hard. It's I've never worked with anything that felt like that. I don't know. Not much even MagnaCut. Not even MagnaCut. MagnaCut's fairly soft when it's in its annealed form, but Apex Ultra, yeah. like it's got to be in the high fifties, Rockwell. Hmm. Wow. Annealed. Uh, annealed, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I uh, I've been putting all my attachments through their paces, though. Good. And they are the best. I'm not even <laughs> saying that because you're on the show. And you sponsor us, and it's right. In, you're right in front of me. Like that's legitimate. They are <laughs> yeah, the best. contract that you state that. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, totally uh, unbiased. Yeah. 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 Slides money across the table. Yes, these are in fact the best. <laughs> but no, uh, I think the one thing that I really like about the attachments is the fact, and I, I I've told this to people before, and I hope that 
it's something that people remember is that every one of your guys' attachments, if you go on your website, there's a video with one of you, mostly Eric, uh, describing how to set it up and all the different uses that you have for all the different attachments. And I'm not one to follow instructions, but when it comes to, you know, a tool that like I'm going to be using a lot and, you know, like especially the the surface grinder attachment, when I got that, I was like, ah, maybe I should watch the video. And I was really happy that I did because there's a lot of info in those videos that's almost vital to using the tool properly. And so any listeners out there who are thinking about getting Ameribraid stuff or they, they have Ameribraid attachments, there might be more to your attachment than you even realized. So go go check those videos out. If you look at the, the tool that you bought on their website and then just scroll down, there's a hyperlink or embedded video right there that you can watch. And there's some really, really good info in every one of those. And if you have a short attention span like me, it's fine. They keep it short. They keep it concise. And uh, it's really, really good info to have um, on those attachments. And yeah, I, there's I have so to much apologize because I'm not a very good content putter outer guy. <laughs> and no, it's fine. My, we do this. Yeah. Yeah. I do this. And my photography skills suck, but the wifey got me this for Christmas. Oh, let's see. Oh, wow. Oh, DSLR. shiny. For the listeners, it's, it's a Canon DSLR. Yes. Uh, Rebel T7. I know it's an entry level camera, but. Oh, I'm an entry my level had, photographer. Yeah. <laughs> my wife had entry level T7 stuff now for a long it. time. Yeah. Most stuff on the phone can look pretty good. So when you go to a DSLR, it's starts getting to be pretty marginal gains to go beyond that. Yeah. You're not making wedding videos or something stupid or racing right. commercials or something. You're, yeah. You'll be freaking perfect. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, uh, I'm so camera illiterate. I bought the four dummies book for that camera. Oh, good. Well, DSLRs are a whole different animal. So, I mean, there is a lot to, uh, to, to learn about how to use them properly. So that makes there's sense. A lot of, there's a lot of buttons and <laughs> gadgets Menus and gizmos and, on that thing. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy the Absolutely. technical side of photography. I don't get to spend a lot of time doing it, but are you digging into it? You liking it? Trying to. Trying to. I'm real. I hate sucking at stuff. <laughs> and when you start getting into something new, you're going to suck at it. Yeah. So then, like, my own, like, tough love that I give myself, I'm like, you're a fucking idiot. You're <laughs> such a piece of shit. You don't even know how to use a camera. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. You know what but I find get- helps with that, though, is just like, it's like probably, you know, purely psychology, uh, psychological, but I just like to tell people it's helped me get over that. Cause I'm the same way. I don't like not being good at something, although I'm not good at everything, but, um, just tell people like, Oh, oh I suck at this. Like I'm not good at it. Just, yeah. It just like helps take the edge off. Get that you know? out of the way. Yeah. Just get it out of the way. We've touched on this a little bit before with, um, we all have the unnecessary amount of confidence to like do anything, even though we should like some things we, like do probably don't have any business doing. Yeah. That's everything in my case. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say, especially Eric and Kevin in this, in this conversation. Yeah. yeah. We Dump know we drivers. aren't. Yeah. I don't know. We, it's a weird, uh, dynamic of knowing, not liking to suck, but also being confident enough to just try it anyways. 
Yeah. Yeah. The, this show's kind of helped with that, like uh, editing, for instance. I'm still not great, but I'm way better than I was when we started, when I took over the show. So it was like, you know, there is gains. You see, it's not like working out. The gains are almost instantaneous. You learn stuff a lot faster than you build muscles. So it's, hmm. Absolutely. it's more satisfactory, yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. So what do you guys, uh, what do you guys been working on? The on the Instagram page the other day, there was a rather cryptic message about maybe some new stuff coming out. Is that something you guys want to maybe share a little bit about? Maybe. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, We We unfortunately haven't made a lot of progress on the last thing we revealed on (laughs) the show. (laughs) Uh, And that's mainly been because the hyperdisc has been way more of an undertaking than we thought. The parts for it are pretty challenging to make accurately enough. And to manufacture correctly. Yeah, in quantity. Like a lot of our normal procedures for producing large amounts of things are not sufficient for the hyperdisc because the tolerances are so much tighter. And when we autom- try to automate the process, like just that tiny bit isn't holding up to our standards. So the parts have been getting through the shop a lot slower. So we had to put the new, um, that that platinum chassis that we showed you guys last time, we kind of put that on the back burner to make sure that everybody who ordered a hyperdisc got it as fast as possible, which was still slower than we wanted. But we actually cleared the list. We shipped yeah. everybody who ordered a hyperdisc has received, well, at least it's been shipped. I don't know if they've received, received it, it, but yeah. they've all been shipped. Yeah, it took us quite nice. a bit longer. So if you ordered a hyperdisc, and everyone was cool, but if you're listening and you ordered a hyperdisc, we're sorry. But as we told people, anyone who caught us, just like, I know longer sucks, but we're it, le- it needs to be right when you get it at least, though. <laughs> yeah, if yeah, it took a long time sure. and then when you got it, it was wrong, then that would really not be acceptable. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I know there actually are quite a few listeners here who, who have gotten them, and I have gotten some feedback, and they all love them. Um, and I'm sure that in the end, they're all happy that they waited a little bit longer for a better product. So mm. I'm sure, I'm sure so. that's all yeah. cool. Especially, yeah. you know, a lot of the ones that took a while were the pre-orders, and those are generally our, um, you know, more core core like, senior customers or something. Yeah. Yeah, so they're, you know, usually a little more lenient with you and stuff. They bought into the vision, you know, so they're not. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we're very thankful for all of them, and hopefully um, we're, we're super excited. Now that, like, it's out, hopefully we can start getting feedback on them and. Yeah. So it may seem weird that we have another new thing, even though the last new thing hasn't even come out, but it's kind of because it's two separate pathways through the shop. Like prototyping something is one thing and getting it through production in quantity is a whole different path. So the uh, thing we showed you guys last time, which we're calling the Super C. Super C, yeah. um, We prototyped that. But the problem is production on it right now. Yeah. Um, and we just put that off, like I said. It, nothing on that would be too tricky, but we just put it off until we got hyperdisc done. The main thing and holding it up is a machining fixture we need to make. Yeah. That's the drop away platen. Yeah, yeah, with the super clearance behind it. Yep. Yeah. Okay. A lot of our a lot of our listeners might not know about that because I believe we talked about that in the after show last time. Correct. Oh, yeah. We wanted to just keep it for the special people. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. I don't and, even think uh, we really posted about it either. No, we were yes. trying to hold off. So, so yeah. yeah. So the, the 
cats Patreon. out of the bag yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That so, kinda. but we're hoping to have all this. Oh, go, go ahead, ahead, Kevin. No, we're hoping go to ahead. have uh, the fixtures and stuff done on that one. Hopefully, by the time we go to this next show, we're going to. So, hoping to have that one in production, and then we'll post about it as well. But yeah, all the parts are cut and even coated. There's just this oh, wow. secondary machining process that we have to do that we can't do until we make the fixture for it. And it's kind of a tricky fixture because of that really deep throat platen. You, um, the plate can be warped and you have to support it in its free state because if you clamp it down and flex it and then machine it, as soon as you release the clamps, then it springs back and all your accuracy is for naught. So you have to make a pretty clever fixture to just support it in whatever condition it happens to be in. And Gotcha. So that's the tricky part. And we deal with that quite a bit. When we first started um, producing stuff, we just would like laser cut or plasma cut plates for our platen chassis and stuff. But continually improving on things to try to make, you know, the belt tracking and everything run as smooth as possible. Um, The platens and stuff you guys have, um, if you were to actually pull them apart, when you get the plate, um, any plate like under three-quarter inch actually, when it's made at the mill, they coil it in giant coils and they'll, you know, freight it or railroad it or truck it to what's called an unleveler. And then the unleveler will take those coils and uncoil them. They will straighten them through these machines the best they can and then they'll shear them into plate. So when you go buy like a, a five foot by 10 foot sheet of plate, which is what we process, that is come off a coil if it's under three quarter inch thick steel anyways. Um, well, when they do that, they try to get it straight, but there's a lot of stresses in there from when they coiled it. And the plate weighs so much that it's laying flat. But when you cut a little part out of it on the laser cutter, a machine, it will pull up. Those stresses will present themselves now because the weight's not pulling it down. So we have to post machine all of our spots. So everything is planar. If that makes any sense at all. If you're <laughs> no, absolutely, man. It absolutely <laughs> does. We've gone over that. That's what sets you guys above a lot of the other grinder makers because they're not machining flat. They're trusting the plate steel and yeah. it's, yeah. It's, and we did it first too. And then we're like, Oh, and it works from, you know, 90% of people. We have like a good and a bad trait where we'd be like, okay, this is good. This is what everyone's doing. And someone would call us and be like, the plate's not flat. Well, you know, yeah, we know, but we know it's not flat, but, <laughs> how flat do you want it? Cause flat is you could people it's make relative. the whole living off of flat. It's all relative. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we always take that as a challenge to make it better. And we're like, this son of a bitch wants to see flat. We'll show him. And, then we, <laughs> and, and then within we, reason, cause you're trying to hit a price point. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Like you got to make these decisions. Cause like I can make the flattest thing you've ever seen, but you're not going to want to pay for it. Actually, I don't know if I can make that. I mean, maybe, but that's a big <laughs> statement if you know about flat. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, knife makers, we're looking for, you know, we want our D plate to not be at a one degree angle, you know, from the top or bottom wheel. Yeah. So yeah. we're not looking for things in the thousands, you know. Yeah. And mo- yeah. So, you know, like, uh, you know, a lot of those plates too will have. Right. On the three eighths plates that we use, they could be bowed upwards of fifteen thousandths out. I was so thinking they, thirty. Yeah, they could be maybe thirty or something. Over yeah. the size of like a platen chassis. Yeah. So oh, that's really? why we come back and post machine the spots where the wheels get bolted down. So where the wheels bolt down and everything, it's planar. 
and that was best fit to where it bolts to the interface. So, yeah. everything. So that's the hold up on that. Yeah. But the question was about thing. the new thing. <laughs> <laughs> so the new thing hey, we're we, working on again. We it's do not specific. Here, it's fine. Yeah, the thing that's not specific to knife making is pretty exciting to us. It's an attachment. It's a centerless grinding attachment. So. Um, for grinding cylinders, basically it auto feeds cylinders through, um, it rotates it and feeds it through left to right, like axially along the cylinder. So, um, there's like what's called a regulator wheel, which is basically a contact wheel that controls the speed of the rotation while the grinding belt is grinding the outside of the cylinder. Um, and then there's a little bit of an angle to the wheel so that it feeds it through while the whole so you just kind of load a cylinder in there and it rotates and feeds it through and polishes the outside of the tube and drops out the other side. It's been pretty what, handy. Wow. What drives the rotation mechanism for the cylinder? A separate little electric motor. We talked about a few solutions for that. Mm-hmm. And because uh, we don't, the downside to having a separate motor is now you have to plug in a separate motor. And we were trying to avoid that, but all the solutions we thought of were kind of too Mickey Mouse or too much of a, it was like just, it's annoying, but go ahead and just plug in a separate thing for this attachment and turn it on and it rotates about like 60 RPM. Uh, Gotcha. So what uh, sort of, oh, go ahead. No, you go ahead, Noah. I was just going to ask what the the application, like what industry uh, is going to be using that, do you think? Um, anyone who does like weld prep on tubular material. So like, uh, if you're prepping roll cage material before you take weld it or something, get the mill scale off. Or, um, I used it like, I don't know if we've talked to you guys, we've got the laser cutting company. We cut Uh this big stainless pipe for a guy who builds water features. And it was just like a piece of schedule 40 pipe. Um, but we just kind of, to test our new attachment, went above and beyond and ran it through this new, uh, what ta- diameter was that pipe? Four inch. Um, we ran it through this attachment and just like polished this 10 foot long piece of schedule 40 stainless pipe. So it just made it beautiful, um, just for aesthetics. Um, nice. it'll be quite a bit in industrial stuff. And I've been using it quite a bit too on the machine shop side. A lot of times people run in machine shops if you do like a longer lathe part that just gets work on the ends, you won't turn the outer diameter of that. It might not need it. Um, but we could just put it through this and kind of put like a beautification pass on it, polish the outside of it. So it looks real nice. Yeah. So. Cause on a long part, you wouldn't even be able to reach all of it on the lathe. You might have three feet of it sticking out through the tail, through the spindle that you can't even reach with a tool if you wanted. So it's just going to be all mill scale. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that be, makes a lot of be, sense. What? It'd be more industrial and um, a lot of you know our background that we talked about before. A lot of race shops or uh, you know auto motorsports fabrications would have a lot of use for it. What's the so, maximum diameter that you can run? About through four it? inch. Four inch. Four inch. Exhaust guys will use it yeah, too. A lot of exhaust headers and exhaust guys. Oh yeah, are excited about it. So we were so trying to make it. To, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. First thing that comes to mind. Oh, the first thing that comes to my mind is uh, this guy that used to work at the shop that I that I currently work at, who he built a pavement princess lifted truck, and uh, he has an aluminum drive line, and so he polished the aluminum drive line. Oh yeah. And I was thinking, well, so if you don't have the 
if you didn't have the 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 yoke on there attached, you could just run it right through this and polish your drive line. I mean, how cool, cool would thing that be? is, even if the yoke's attached, you can drop in. You don't have to feed all the way from the end. You can start in the middle, so you could get most of it. Yeah, even with the yokes attached. What I would do in that guy's case, put it on jack stands, put it in drive, and get down there with some. <laughs> I, like, I, I think that's actually how we did it. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Don't even have to take the fucking thing off. <laughs> I'm cussing a lot today. Sorry. Oh, so it's fine. It's yeah. it's dry January. I've been cussing all day. But yeah, yeah that's the do. thing. We're pretty excited about it. It's fun to use. Um, that's that is pretty cool. Use. I mean, for knife makers, um, my first thought was, could it be converted into a tumbler, like a stone wash tumbler? Hmm. I can all, we could almost just make a separate stonewash tumbler with the little drive mechanism we're using in two wheels or something. But the thing yeah, I was like thinking for knife makers on your bench. Yeah. was the problem is we didn't, it's hard to make it go small enough. But before I was designing it, I was hoping I could make it handle small enough material to do pin stock so that if your, you know, drill size didn't quite make it the right hole size to get the right um, fit that you like for your pins, you can just make your pins like, a half a thou smaller, one thou smaller. Um, That's what I do anyways. I don't buy oversized bits. Quarter inch, yeah. I go right to quarter inch and I take my pin stock down. Really? Yeah. You got to rough it up for epoxy anyways. Can you guys see it? Oh. Okay. That makes a lot more sense now. Yeah, I see it. That's pretty badass. So, yeah. So for the listeners, the, uh, the drive wheel that he's talking about is directly in front of the contact wheel. And it's essentially balanced on top in between the drive wheel and the the contact wheel. So that's really cool. Yeah, if yeah. you look up a centerless grinder. Yeah, there's lots of videos. Just no one's made an attachment. Kind of like what Travis Words did with the surface grinder. It's not like that a surface grinder is new, but making an attachment for a belt grinder you already have so that it's not you don't have to buy a dedicated big machine that are typically large footprint industrial machines. It's like... You just slide this in and add a capability that you would never thought you would have had before. Yeah. That looks similar to those uh, double grinders I've seen guys. You see the videos all over oh, TikTok yeah. and whatever of them doing double hollow grinds at yeah. the same time. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Those things scare me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. I know theoretically, you know, you're on the bottom side, so it's not going to suck anything through, but. That's so much heat too, though. You, yeah. You're putting so much heat into both sides of the blade. <laughs> Yeah. Just yeah. Yeah, but evenly, so it's not going to warp. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'd love to do that. I want to try it. <clears throat> so I have this icy do... hot patch on my back, and it's like yeah. pulling my hair out. It's like pulling the hair out of my back fat. <laughs> Whenever you move. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> In case you're wondering why he's bumping into his mic so often. Yeah, my bad. Right. Ryan's really uncomfortable right now. <laughs> you my have bad. back problems. No, it just hurts today. I and oh. I have two dogs in He's the a bed. Mechanic. And I'm a mechanic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a knife maker. I like my grinder low too, so I'm like fucking hunched right over it. Yeah, the mechanic and then a machinist too. You're being a machinist is just like standing at the front of a car leaned over the valve covers or something. You're like reaching over in, it freaking sucks. There's no mm-hmm. there's no good way to do it. It just sucks. Yeah. If I'm not here, I'm leaned over a workbench all day or like under the seat of a mower. 
oh, that's even worse than under like under the seat of a car or under the dashboard. Under the I dash. Had, is I, a... I had to pretzel myself underneath the dash of a Cadillac the other day. It was not fun. <laughs> Amateur My... contortionist is what I like to say. <laughs> it's not so much the leaning over and stuff at work. It's when I put them up on the lift and I look underneath the deck and it's just mold. A white, hairy fucking just ecosystem. Like, this is disgusting. <laughs> oh, jeez. You need one of those like at the car wash. You need like a pressure washer. You drive it over, push it over before you bring it in the shop. Yeah. We have. A, it's funny you say that because we have a dip in the pavement when you go through the, the gates and yeah. it fills up with water, and I'll go out there and engage the deck and lower the deck into the puddle. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. And you get one of those pressure washer attachments that they have where it's like on wheels and the has like uh, multiple nozzles underneath and just like pressure washes sure. underneath you, like your car and stuff. Yeah. Just yeah, to get one like of those and work. <laughs> yeah. And just put two ramps in front of that and you drive it over it slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to your boss about it. Come on. <laughs> yeah. If they're real bad, we'll pick it. Like if it's a hydro leak or something in the wheels, because it gets all over everything, we'll pick it up with the fork truck and hit it with the pressure yeah. washer. Is that separate uh, from the fork lift? It's the same thing. We just call it a fork truck. Is that, truck? <laughs> is that, you know, or is that an East Coast thing? I don't know. It's got to be because Brian House, when he, was, when he was buying his forklift, he kept calling it a fork truck on his podcast. And I was like, what is a what is a fork truck? I've never heard yeah, of that before. Like, that's is that weird. like fork truck certified? Speaking no, of forklifts forklift. and pressure washers, we almost scored a sweet steam pressure watch, washer, which me and Kevin have always wanted because <sighs> the steam pressure washers work so good, but they're always mm-hmm. so expensive. Yeah. Um, but we did pick up a new forklift because we've been browsing the machine auctions. So it's kind of not a good sign that there's a lot of companies going out of business <laughs> these days. These idiots oh, are going geez. out of business. We should spend all our money on their stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but we've scored some sweet deals. Oh, yeah. We I really saw that. like That's options. a nice forklift. Yeah. yeah. I'll change we, my lingo so that you guys are more comfortable. <laughs> yeah. You did that we on the fly. I'm very, I'm very impressed. Bilingual. I didn't know that about you. Yours is diesel, right? No. The, propane. Well, our big propane. one is diesel. That was a sweet too. I bought a mini bulldozer and then I traded the mini bulldozer for a big giant diesel forklift. We've got much more use out of the forklift. I miss my mini bulldozer though. That does sound fun. Sounds yeah, ours fun. is one of those uh, propane orange Toyota ones. Oh, that's a nice, sounds like a nice one. Toyota makes good stuff. Oh man, we have never serviced this thing. I've been there <laughs> seven years. I've, I've, put a thousand hours on this thing i can't ever remember changing the oil <laughs> oh yeah i my i gave my friend a forklift that didn't have a water pump it still runs <laughs> <laughs> you know you just use, use it for like 60 seconds at a time yeah the only trouble yeah. is we don't have a loading dock like we have one for like lawnmowers so you drive it on a ramp into the bed of a truck but like we don't have a big one for crates for stuff that gets delivered so we're dragging zero turns in their crates out of 18 wheelers with a chain and that Jeez. can get a little that gets a little Larry. iffy i put a I zip tied like a cage to the front of it because my coworker almost took a hook to the face one day oh yeah yeah like that would do that it. happening we almost dropped a big old piece of farm equipment that we built oh, on yeah. to a city employee yeah <laughs> 
That was close. Almost had to use some insurance on that. Yeah. We were lifting it off the trailer and one of the straps we were using snapped. Luckily his toes were clear. Yeah. But oh, that scared me. Oh. Yeah, so, we did that job too. Yeah. Chain is probably a better idea. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't the chain that broke. So the hook was a a steel it was actually a drive shaft out of a out of a snowblower, the one that drives your wheels. And we just heated it up with a torch and bent it over on both ends. And so we'd it was welded to the chain on one end, and then we'd hook the hook under the crates and pull them out. And right. the hook end that was under the crate snapped. Huh. And Those grant, we had been using this thing strong. Like, huh? Those hooks are usually pretty strong. They're like forged. No, this was a redneck hook. <laughs> yeah, oh. it was a drive shaft out of a snowblower oh. that I heated up and oh. bent the end over. Okay, I did not follow that. I know oh, you just wow. explained all of that, and <laughs> now it's all it's clicking. Okay. Hooks but, are uh, pretty cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just, we needed one one day, and I was like, I, I got an acetylene torch. I'll just make one. We used it for like four years before it broke. So okay. before it almost it, we, killed somebody. Oh, so that's before all. Before it almost killed my coworker. <laughs> that's that's, it, that's good. it. Hit the arm. You know the arms that stand straight up yeah. on a fork truck. It yeah. hit the arm right in front of his face. Ding! Bounced yeah. off. Left a dent in it. Jeez! Did he have to go change his pants? <laughs> yeah, I showed up about thirty <laughs> seconds later, and he oh, was white man. as a ghost. He's like, I almost just died, dude. I was like, Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I didn't witness it, so I couldn't. I didn't have any like frame of reference, and then he showed me the dent, and yeah. So I don't like seeing like videos where people get really hurt. Neither does Kevin. But mm-hmm. I was telling him this the other day. I was like, the only time I like seeing them is when it like scares me into not doing something that I could see myself possibly doing. Like one of the videos that haunts me is I saw a video of someone yanking someone out that was stuck, and they hooked the tow rope over there. Um, receiver hitch ball the ball on there yeah toe hitch you know uh-huh you know, you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. well those aren't meant to like yank, take, like, that, yank yeah. like that and so you know it spring loaded and then broke and launched backwards through the windshield and just you see the guy just drop dead just hit him in the head through the windshield no brained him yep it's like that terrifies me. So I could see myself not thinking and doing that. So I don't like seeing that happen, but I'm glad that I saw that to warn me, like, don't do that. Don't hook it around the ball. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know a guy he's, his wife is my wife's cousin and he's a regular at my work. He, he loves old wheel horse tractors. He was pulling something. It was either out of the ground or out of a tree and the chain broke and it hit him in the head and like his wife was like picking up pieces of his brain matter and he survived. What? He's a little fucked up. Uh, I would a, imagine so. He's a great guy. He, he like his processing is a little delayed because he's missing pieces of his brain. So he's like, okay, okay. And you can just see the gears turning and then it just takes him a second. He's like, oh yeah, that's what, it, yeah. I guess that, you know, Jeez, lobotomies are a thing. People, yeah. lobotomies don't kill you. No, that's a, that was a, a lobotomies became like, um, what do they call it when you can leave the same day? Like, like getting outpatient. a douche uh, out, Outpatient. Yeah. It was Tooth an outpatient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say when, it, I don't know when, when, when my head exploded, it was like a month. <laughs> <laughs> I watched I a documentary on lobotomies. 
Maybe mine was worse. Crazy. Yours was way worse. They would take a pick. This is going to be kind of morbid, but they pull Let's your eyelid up, go up under your eyelid, and just yeah, stir it up a little bit. Yep. Ugh. You're too All ornery. Right. <laughs> well, uh, do we want to hear from one of our sponsors? <laughs> What's Koi doing this week? Uh, bronze, bronze my, bronze my. He's got a drop of some. I think it was yeah, it was bronze my, and uh, I can't remember the patterns. But you're already looking it up, so I'm not even going to bother. I am. I'm trying to delete. All... We get we meant we made the mistake last week of mentioning a group chat, and now we have an additional group chat. With, with several guys. So I'm in like eight group chats between work and knives and everything. And so I'm sorry, I'm scrolling <laughs> through my I'm trying to get all my notifications out of the way. No worries, man. <laughs> no, good. I know. I just got added into one at work because my boss thought it would be a really good idea to do like a, uh, I don't know, like one of those, you know, the new year, new me, like fitness challenges. Mm-hmm. And so he's trying to get us all into it. So I got added into this group chat for encouraging people to go to the gym and like eat healthy and all this stuff. And it's like, dude, I don't, I got enough group chats. Like (laughs) I already go to the gym every day. The fact that you guys are now going to my gym just makes me not want to go there anymore. (laughs) It's it's having the opposite effect. Like this is, this is not helping at all. Like I I went to work. Tiger my, thank you. Bronze tiger my, but yeah, I went to the gym the other morning and there's like two of my coworkers there. I like, I walk in, you know, it's kind of like my safe space, you know, yeah. like I walk in by myself. I got my headphones in. I don't talk to anybody. I just do my thing. And I walk in and there's people like saying good morning to me and everything. And I just like I almost just like turned around and like walked back out. But yeah. I can't do that. I got I got to go and I have to work out. Got to get my head straight before I go to go to work. But yeah, my work was in the pressure. gym. Like, yeah, Noah, we're doing an okay. ad for Baker Forge. Oh, I got distracted about. Uh, anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this this episode is not even about knife making, anyways. We're talking about people getting brained by chains here, so I, I really <laughs> don't think it matters. And... Uh, they dropped Tiger Mai this week. Tool, Tiger Mai, yeah, bronze, flat ground stock, and uh, they're flat grinding all of their stock, which is phenomenal. Um, they haven't done the bronze in a while, so if that's something you've been waiting to pop up again. Get some, get your hands on it, and uh, use Hustle Ten for ten percent off. And it, I mean, it's the guy that read the ad at the beginning of the show. We like him. Uh, we've had him on the show before. Him and all of his, well, I think most of his guys came on the show before. That was a great episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and listen to it. And yeah, we love the guys at Baker Fortune Tool, and uh, we think you should go support them by getting some awesome Damascus made by them. Promo code Hustle Ten for ten percent off. We love those guys too. We we spend a lot of time in this very office talking about how we can get to a point where we can make all the stuff that we want to make because there are some cool machines that we want to make specifically for them because they're doing a different kind of thing than a lot of people. So even if it's not machines that we would sell, we just want to make some cool stuff for them to use for their process. Like a conveyor surface grinder. Don't give away our secret. That just popped into my head. So if that's a real thing, I apologize. They call it something but, else. We want to make one yeah, of those. That's like kind of a drum sander, you know, that feeds. Yeah. yeah. We've, that's, in we've my mind, one of like those. That. Yeah, we've got one of those. For the laser yeah. shop. But uh, oh, really? there's some things you can make specifically. You, some changes you could make to make it 
more accurate or whatever for yeah we for told them use. we were gonna do one we'll we'll come back on when we get down and finish we should do it sooner than yeah. later we're getting we're slowly getting caught up it's really i mean we touch on it with the hybridist it's really hard to manufacture stuff i felt really good i listened to a joe rogan one the other day with elon musk and like the first 20 minutes of it elon musk is just talking about like manufacturing is the hardest challenge it's not the design and the engineering and the prototyping and stuff like that. It's manufacturing because there's 5,000 different things that go into it with vendors and materials and different processes. And if one of those things has a problem or a mistake or a flaw or something, whatever your problem is, that's how fast you can go. That sets the rate of production at whatever your slowest point is. And usually the slowest point is some sort of problem. Yeah. And whenever you make one of something, it's so much easier to just address it with a one-time solution. And when you're, you can't do that when you're making something over and over again. It's like, if you've got a problem, you got to come up with a solution that works every time, not just this one time. And then those, right. there's all kinds of problems introduced by trying to make more than one, especially when you're not going to be making it. It's incredibly challenging. <laughs> yeah. So that's us patting ourselves on the back for doing something we think is really hard. We do it terribly. It, it, I think we're terrible. We sense. are terrible at it. It, it yeah. does make sense, though, because every nut, washer, bolt, screw that goes into every piece of machinery we use, you guys aren't making screws. You know, no. you're buying 5,000 at a time from a supplier. 10, well, if. 10,000 at a time, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, however many you're, but you're buying a shitload all at once. If they've only got, if they've only got half of what you need, then you can only put out half of that one piece until you get the rest. It makes a lot of sense. Like the big thing holding up surface grinders was stupid. We machined this one aluminum part, um, for the magnets it gets anodized blue. And it's just the anodizing that we don't do. We'd make every, we make the part, we make the rest of the machine, but we just send it out to make it look pretty and blue. And that held us up for like two weeks. And it was like, cause they were out for the holidays and stuff. And it's like a lot of manufacturing companies just closed down completely from, um, like, like before Christmas till after new year's. Really? So, weird. Wow. Yeah. That put, we were all caught up on surface grinders, and all of a sudden that list just kept growing and growing and growing. We're like, what the heck? I got my ship notification work. today. Yeah, oh, this really? was held up in it, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I was very <laughs> – I got <laughs> when I got the notification, I mean. When I messaged you asking what was up, I was like, I don't want to message because I feel like I'm coming off as a dink even though I don't care at all. And it's yeah. like – because through text or you know messenger, you can never tell how somebody is feeling. Yeah, yeah. No, you I don't can't think that way at all too, So don't worry. Yeah. But yeah, we really considered just sending them as raw aluminum, but then people are disappointed too. It's like I waited, and then now it doesn't look the same as what I expected. So I wouldn't have noticed. And then it's going to you because you're going to know out there in the world, there's surface grinders that don't have it blue anodized. Yeah. yeah. So we just wait. never sleep at night. Those we are waited, the special yeah. ones. They're worth more. <laughs> you can try to sell it yeah. that way. Yeah. <laughs> Noah like said this isn't going to be a, wrong. Yeah. Noah said this wasn't going to be a knife one, but we actually have a pretty serious <laughs> knife conversation that yeah. we think you guys you would like. It's kind of fun. Later. 
Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. I'm here for it. Let's do it. What, yeah, what so we got? we've actually gone to this one event twice now. It's called Winter Strong. It's uh, yeah. this fitness company called Soranex that puts on like an outdoors fitness um, based event yeah. in South Carolina. And uh, last year we kind of semi prepared to introduce an idea. We like brought some laser cut blanks and started like saying, Hey, if you want to make a knife, cause we were mainly setting up the forge area for Jason Knight and Neil Kamamura to just kind of do demos. But we're like, we're not the type that likes sitting around with nothing to do. So we're like, we'll show people how to grind knives in the meantime. Yeah. So we brought like 60 knife blanks. Yeah. Um, we had knife blanks, hatchet blanks. Oh yeah. Hatchet blanks. And a few chef knife blanks. Yeah. And we even brought all the st- Kydex and, uh, drill press, drill press, presses, all bandsaw. The grinders, bandsaw. Yeah. And we let people to grind, heat treat, do a paracord wrap handle, and do a simple kydex sheath and like leave with a like sharpened finished blade and it turned out to be way more popular than we thought like people were waiting in line for like three hours and fighting over the last blanks of who was going to get a chance to do it we weren't eating because we were just trying to get everybody through people were trying to bring us food but we were just like trying to get everybody a chance for two days straight yeah like it was raining we were just soaked from like Probably eight in the morning, like after breakfast. Yeah. This is like all outdoors uncovered. Yeah. Well, there was a tent, but No, we brought our easy ups. Oh yeah, we brought our easy ups. So we had two easy ups that we were like huddling under and around and it was raining. Yeah. Until like eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. From like eight in the morning till eleven o'clock at night. Two for two days. Yeah, it was cold. Yeah, but, it was cold. But they were like, Hey, you guys want to come back? Everybody really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> and, hey, you know those misery days that you had? How would you like yeah. to? How would you like to do that again? We had brought our one guy with us, little Eric, and he was just hustling the whole oh, time. Yeah. And uh, we asked him, "You're like, you gonna go back with us?" He was like, "Nope." <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I think he's reconsidering. He's he's gonna. I think we're gonna talk him into going. Yeah. But uh, so this year we're trying to set up to be able to handle a hundred people, but. We don't want it to take as long because the bummer is they don't, they've got a lot of other events going on during that, like activities going on during the event that they don't want people just stuck there and missing out on the other stuff. So they're like, it'd be nice if it only took like, takes like 30 minutes. We're like, holy cow, like it is tough to, to do finish a whole a blade. Yeah. In well, they, yeah, we kind of derived that really. They said there's like two five hour blocks that aren't, don't have a bunch of stuff planned. So they'd like everyone within those two five hour blocks to be able to make a knife. Yeah. Which works out to like ten an hour. Yeah, ten an hour. So ten people make a knife an hour. Yeah. And we're how many to, grinders? Like how many? Uh, we're still trying to figure all that out. But how many we can take. But yeah, with the different processes, um, we're so that's one of the things we were thinking is one of the things that takes the longest. We saw people really just being way too gentle trying to grind bevels, and that takes forever to remove that much material. Uh-huh. Um if you're doing stock removal. So we're like, if we can get it forged close to final shape, then like you're almost just going to heat treat and put an edge on. Or heat treat, and, put an edge on and then do some sort of handle. Yeah. And then heat treats the, the tough sh- part because to do it correctly takes longer than an hour. Yeah. And we're going to give ourselves a little, um, little talk- wiggle room there. It doesn't have to be the world's best blade. Yeah. So what we were doing um, 
last year, we did the hatchets out of 4140. Uh, so those ones don't get that hard. So we weren't tempering them after the quench. Oh, yeah. So that, yeah, that was the biggest time saver. It's that's just, a nice, tough material and it's a big blunt edge. So it, they actually work. They're really cool hatchets. Yeah. So how are you tempering the the knives? Are you just doing like torch temper or? Well, how do you we go weren't. about that? We weren't. So you this just weren't. <laughs> we just weren't. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> we just weren't. These are all people that have no, no they're just stoked experience. that they have something sharp at yeah. the end of this. It's kind of cool because it's not, it's not a knife maker crowd. It's what it's meant to be is, you know, the guy who um, owns the fitness company host it and it's, it's like a private invite only. Um, at least it was last year and it was really crazy. I don't know how, um, I assume he paid for the whole thing himself. Yeah, we didn't pay anything. But nobody like, pays anything to go. All your meals are paid for. All the activities are by other guests or other people that are in the industry. And it's pretty crazy, but it's meant to be the, you know, the outdoor world meets the fitness world. And they try to kind right. of bring those two together. So there's people that are teaching fitness um, and they try to do that around like hunting, like things you need to prepare for. If you want to go on these, you know, certain, uh, you know, Western style hunts and was one uh, like lecture I sat on, sat in on, you know, where you're out for a few days, just hiking 20 miles a day. Um, they talk about the fitness required for that. And then they talk about, you know, some of the outdoor skills and they, they marry it together. So the knife makers is a little on the outskirt cause that's not really fitness and it's kind of outdoorsy, but all these people thought it was extremely awesome. Yeah. And it's just to get them introduced to the process, you know, not to make, come out the end of it with a pristine finished uh, perfect blade, but just like roughly these are the steps, you know, you're grinding in a bevel, you're uh, heat treating, you're, you got to handle the thing about a sheath sharpening all this stuff. Like it just gives you this like outline of the process and people are so proud of that thing at the end, even if it's not perfect. I, and that was the first time we'd done something like that. And really um, it was like, you could feel, I just call it magic. You can feel the magic in there. The people are really ecstatic that they made this thing themselves. It was really, really cool. Yeah. So we that were trying to maintain that thing. magic by not getting rid of some of the cool elements. You could tell people got the most excited about the fire, you know? So we're like, we don't want to completely eliminate any sort of like hot work because um, people would always hand their phone to someone and be like, take a video. Like when the, when the, hot steel is ready to come out. Yeah. Cause we had them. Yeah. Quench it. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So we're like, there has to be some sort of romantic element that people are expecting in like the process of knife making. So <coughs> we're thinking of machining like closed dies. Um, to, we'll, we'll walk you through our current thoughts. Yeah. And then you, we want your feedback on yeah, what, what you think it. of it as actual knife makers. We're not, we're not really knife makers or, <laughs> We've done it. <laughs> we've done it. And we've been around it a lot. I've been around we've it. Facilitated so, anyways. it quite a lot. Yeah, but this is almost like a manufacturing, again, challenge, yeah. speaking of. Especially, you're like trying to figure out how to set up an assembly line with unskilled, untrained labor. <laughs> right. To make a <laughs> so this is what we came up with. So go ahead. So we're going to machine closed dies, laser cut blanks, um, to try to forge the blades close forging the bevels basically you're not going to touch the handle the handle's not going to be in the die so that you have like a nice full tang easy thing to deal with afterwards it's still flat and 
parallel, but then forging the bevels with like a closed die. So with like a single hit on a press. Forging press. Yeah, you get Your a bevels. decent bevel. Yeah. Okay, and so then, tape, essentially double tapered dies to just forge in a bevel evenly. Yeah. Where if somebody with, has no idea how to forge in a bevel with a hammer, they're just going to be like sticking it in a press and it's going to press in essentially the, the bevels on both sides at the same time. Yeah, and that's the biggest variable here that we were going to start experimenting with. We're hoping that we can have some excess material and have some flashing that kind of squeezes out all over so that it fills up the full cavity and then you just have a little bit of cleanup to do on the profile is what we're hoping yeah. we're going to be able to do. Oh, tweak. interesting. So you're, you're going to have a full recess for the shape of the blade mm-hmm. with the taper? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to like, we could put in whatever features we want in that die. You know, if we do any sort of like, it'll full. If we do any sort of drop point or anything like that, it'll do all that. And even the stamp, the maker stamp, we could have in the die yeah. if we wanted. Um, you know, which would be just the event stamp. Yeah, and we're even sure. thinking of like putting some jimping in up on the top. It won't be on the spine because you're squeezing from the sides, but almost like chamfered in little like jimping from the side, just to you know, you can put in whatever. Yeah. But wow. Basically, just try to do all that in like a single hit where people get to that romance of like pulling a hot piece of steel one shape out of the fire and squeezing it and seeing it turn into a different shape like that i think will be really cool for people i think it'd be some sort of smallish maybe four to six inch like hunter or mm-hmm. skinning type knife yeah That's what I have because we head, don't want so. people spending a bunch of time trying to grind off a ton of material yeah. especially if you're not confident on a grinder and you're just sitting there babying it and it's like you're never going to get through this so and, yeah and some people too really wanted to like get it perfect and it's like we don't got the time for that either so yeah. Yeah. you gotta move through so we're thinking yeah we could machine dies and kind of close forge the shape in then all they'd have to do is clean it up and put an edge on it we think there might be a little bit of straightening on an anvil so they get to swing yeah. a hammer a little bit or something you know just so we'll go back into the process they would get their blank get it hot hopefully forge it in a few things or one thing in our press. And then they would go straight from that to heat treating it. Straighten and then, yeah. Yeah, straighten it, heat treating it. Um, and then we actually... It might warp a little bit. I don't know. doesn't yeah. matter at this point. <laughs> we'll cares? see. We can change the shape, yeah. Or we can get one of those carbide hammers I'd use. Yeah, they don't got time to mess with that. <laughs> it will be a short enough, thick enough blade. I think it'll be all right. Maybe. Yeah, yeah we'll see. But, uh, hmm. and then from there, we are going to temper it. Um, we were talking about doing the knives out of like a 4140 that if you water quench, it can get up to Rockwell C50. So without tempering it, it heat treats to C58 ish. Yeah, somewhere I was, the 55 was the number in my head. So no, 55. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're like, that's, that's a blade. Yeah. That's pretty decent. I know a lot of guys, it's not the perfect blade, blade you're going to buy at Walmart. But- but if it eliminates yeah. tempering, then that helps our situation here. Yeah. So we'll see. We might do that or we might. Um, the problem with 40, that one was um, availability in eighth inch flat stock. So we wouldn't be able to laser cut the blinks. You'd have to get bar stock and then you'd have to rely more on forging, which might you could do in tough. like a setup, but you'd have to do multi-stage. You'd have to forge it to the blank shape you want before it goes into that die. And the handle tang would have to. Be forged, forged as well. well. I don't like that idea. Might take more tonnage. So, yeah. So uh, then, 
once they heat treat it. Well, Which and that's we the other thing for heat treating. If we do end up tempering it, we're thinking like you don't continue with the same blank that you forged. You put that in the tempering oven and you take out a tempered blade that someone else put in that got mm. started its process an hour ago or something. So you don't gotcha. continue with the same blank all the way through the process, but you at least get to do every step of it. Kind of like a cooking show. It's like, we're going to put this in the oven and take this other one out. That's already been baking. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and then for handle scales, so they would go kydex, from, they would pull their, I mean, yeah, the temper one out instantly. Yeah. Um, and then they would go over to the grinders. They can clean it up a tiny bit and sharpen it. With our yeah, sharpening jigs. Yeah, you could do that in either order. You could do the handle too with the sharpening jig. You could do the handle before sharpening. Oh, yeah, yeah, you could. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on what's available at the time, which station's open. But we were thinking of pre-machining handle scales instead of paracord wrap, just so you have like a little nicer handle. Yeah. We're going to just doing like, mach- mechanical fasteners. Yeah. Yes. And depending so on just, the material, we were thinking of either having some five-minute epoxy there real quick that you can s- squeegee on before you fasten it on. Or um, uh, if it's that. a material that's strong enough on its own, then just fasten it on. Just Who cares? It. Just, yeah, just mechanical fasteners. You don't want people messing with five-minute epoxy. Yeah. <laughs> that <laughs> is a headache like, waiting to happen. We got budget <laughs> constraints, too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we're like, depending on what material we can get, like wood is probably the most affordable, but I'm worried about wood not being bonded to the tang. I don't know what you guys think about that, but I was like, I feel like if we do wood, we're going to want to bond it to the tang. Whereas if you're if doing a like, mechanical fastener, I would do G10. Yeah. that's what, it, and, it, and it's easy to machine. I don't know how much we could spend, how much G10 would cost in bulk, in bulk and how much compared to wood. They were um, trying to spend like 20 bucks a person in materials. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right we've now already, we've got we've already it, covered that. We've got... <laughs> We've got it added up to like 33 right now because then we also didn't have a kydex sheath and then the fasteners. Let's, so yeah, let's keep going through the process. We will have some pre-machined handle scales um, that they'll mechanically fasten. Maybe you're hopefully not five minute epoxy. And then they will just kind of clean those up, slack it and then sharpen it. Yeah. Like slack belt, like some very minimal smoothing of stuff on the handles yeah we might machine the handle scales a little bit over so they have to kind of clean it up to this you know clean it all up to this uh, to the spine yeah the spine. just to the profile of the handle yeah and then from there uh we are going to make a machine a kydex mold so they'll just get the kydex hot and mold it and then they'll have to drill it and uh, clean up the profile the kydex you know holster to mold the two halves uh, same thing. Probably we riveted those last year. We we're thinking about um, going to um, fasteners with rubber between them so you can adjust the tension. The tension on that was one of the bummers last year is some people, depending on how they molded the Kydex, it would hold really well and like index in and other people's, it would just be sloppy in there and just like fall out. And it's like, that was disappointing. But we got these pry bars from Rogan USA that he's one of our customers. We, yeah, yeah, he's, that we hadn't seen before, but he's got like rubber little spacers between each half of the Kydex so that you can adjust the tension on the fasteners and it squeezes harder or softer so that you can kind of adjust how hard it is to take the blade in and out. We're like, oh, that's pretty nice. Yeah. So shout so out I do those on just the, uh, I do those on just the one in front of the choil 
so that the rest of them are all riveted. And then you have just yeah. that one where you can adjust the tension just right there where you're pulling it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that one? Is that the way that you're talking, or were they? Yeah, like that's what all, we're talking. All the, no, okay, no, all just right. just up right near the choil, like you said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the yeah. rest would all just be solid. The only and the rest we could do rivets. Um, we need a better suggestion <coughs> on a better rivet press. The one we bought off of Amazon sucked, and like it would tear the rivets or. Oh, they just like it wouldn't. They didn't turn out real nice all the time. Yeah, I don't know what the deal was. I don't know if we need different so, rivets or the dies. I got mine off uh, Knife Kits. Knife kits. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the one that I have is knife knifekits.com and the master die set that they have that go with it. Um, the quality of rivets can be a factor as well, though. I've gotten some crappy rivets that have torn on me, um, but I've just been careful about where I get them from since then and haven't had yeah, any yeah, more or- issues. Or making sure that you long. have the right size. Yeah, the right yeah. size. So for 060, is what, which is what I use, um, you have specific rivet lengths for the, the specific thickness of the Kydex. So if you accidentally got the wrong size or something like that, that could have been an issue as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Back on the G10 for the handles, yeah. I use G10 for the restaurant orders. And I buy it in bulk through Lawrence at Maritime. Okay. It's much cheaper that way. How much would you think for a set of scales? Um, I'm trying to think of how much I get. I think mine's a, it's either a four, yeah, it's a four by four sheet that's cut down into 12 inch by two foot length pieces. And I get like, oh, that'd be perfect. Eight or ten of them. And oh, I wow. here. I don't want to say it over the air. I'll just type it in the little chat right here. Um, and so the other thing that so you guys are talking about doing a small hunter. I'm a, I'm imagining the handle shape is going to be fairly simple. You mm-hmm. might not need like a full two by six set of scales. It might be smaller right. than that, one and a half by five or something like that. So if you're right, getting minor four and a quarter by inch and a quarter. Yeah. So you're going to get quite a few scales out of that. Um, versus if you were buying individual individual scale sets. Um, the so thing about having Lawrence the whole... do that, oh sorry Noah. Oh good. Uh, the thing about having him do that is uh, he drop ships it right to me, so it doesn't it doesn't go to him and then come to me. He contacts his supplier and says, "I have one person who gets a bulk order. Send it right to him." So like on the yeah. package, I, I threw the box away months ago, but it says like um, s- from this company, whatever, Lawrence Lake, and then send to my house. And that's how I get my steel too. So he just yeah. has it drop shipped. It saves that, on shipping. That price would totally work for what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, that yeah reach out to we, Lawrence and see. And that's three sixteenths thick. Three sixteenths. Okay, that's thinner than what I was thinking. Yeah, but that could probably work though. Yeah. Uh, we quarter inch, you know, <laughs> quarter inch is standard, and that's probably. I can't imagine it's much more money. Three sixteenths is actually probably more money because it's a uncommon width size. When, when you use that thin, do you add liners and stuff too that bulks up the handle, or is that thick end up being thick enough for you to sculpt if, the handle out of? If I had designed them, I would, but I didn't design them. I just am making what they want okay 
Yeah. Well, it's a kitchen knife, essentially. It's a little cleaver that's meant to carve a steak, so it doesn't necessarily need to have a... We're getting off track. Um, <laughs> so that's so that was the end of the process there? Um, of what you guys were thinking of doing? That's pretty much all we've thought about so far. Yeah, I think that's what we thought about, that you know, then you're getting like 10 people an hour, and you're trying to work 10 people through those set up different stations, one for you know, the foraging, one for the heat treating, one for uh, putting handles on, one for sharpening, another one for Kydex, one for grinding Kydex, you know, set up And there might be multiple, if one process takes too long, you might have to have multiple stations for that so that on average, you're still getting the right amount of people through. Sure. At the right price. So when is this event? February 8th, 9th. February 8th, 9th, okay. And have you guys... Uh, Somewhere around there, I don't know tested out the die setup that you guys are looking to try out that is the biggest thing that we have to that is the first question we have to answer that we're going to start experimenting with gotcha because i i can see that being problematic um because you're not dealing with like liquid steel you're dealing with you know stuff that's heated up in a forge by someone of no experience and they don't know the temperature by the color of what they need to get it at before they stick it in the press. And just the, the manufacturing of those dies sounds like a very time consuming process to get it right, um, to get it to where it works more often than not. And so that, that sounds like a, a bit of a red flag in my opinion. Um, so the nice thing there is I think the dies will just be is. what they're going to be. And I don't, but with, since we're starting with a laser cut blank to get the steel to flow where you want, you can you can tweak the profile of your blank. Like if it's not flowing into a certain corner okay. where you want mm-hmm. or something, you ju- you can just change the shape of the blank. You're not starting with like like when you watch all the cool videos of like the really advanced dies of like them forging a wrench. Like they've got sure. multi stages to get the this round bar to flow into a, the shape of a wrench. Like we can start with a custom shaped blank and if and kind of. Oh, that didn't work. Let's cut a blank that has a little more material here, a little less material here, and get it to where we just have this weird shaped thing we start with. It doesn't look like a knife necessarily. It might be counterintuitive, but I think we have a lot of freedom there in playing with the starting shape of the blank. I'm hoping. The thing right, I am worried about with that is I think actually a um, some sort of power air hammer would be better for that, for stamping that. But yes. um that would be too big and hard to set up out at this event that is in the middle of a field, middle of a farm. So we're stuck with uh, hydraulic presses, but, um, what what kind of hydraulic presses? We might just depends on what tonnage we need. And we're going to, we have our coal ones, but those are not as much tonnage as we think we might need. Um, so we might just build like a custom small H frame, pressed to match whatever tonnage we need we'll kind of see what tonnage we need yeah Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) uh there's you should be able to calculate how much steel is going to move right because you know like there's a volume of steel in the blank and then you'd need to calculate where you want the final edge thickness to be and then how much steel like how much area it would take to fill that void with that amount of metal. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. And then the tricky part is just, does it go where you want it to? Like you can do the volume comparison of, but 
does, it, was, does the bevel shape force it away from where you actually wanted it to go and all you just get a, end up with a bunch of flashing out the backside and not right uh, that's where i don't have the experience with closed die forging to know the pitfalls and we're just hoping that uh and i also have zero experience with that so i've just i just see it as like that's a massive undertaking just to get that perfected um that is what we're most scared of what's that that is what we are the most worried about but we're optimistic optimistically ignorant and uh (laughs) we think we'll think we'll figure it out yeah good enough to be functional yeah (laughs) oh i love you guys uh, um, I have the ultimate faith that it's going to happen, and you'll make it. Work. I mean, you. I know you guys are going to do it somehow. I just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that you're going to do it, and then you're going to do it, and I'm going to be like, holy crap, they did it! <laughs> Not um, only are they going to do it, Noah, but they're revolutionizing production knife making, where it's going to switch from CNCing blades to sealed forged stamps, where you just stick the knife in and plunk. Well, that's what's going on in my head because I'm thinking to myself, well, if you guys can make this work, like surely you can make me a set of dies for my press that I have and I can just not worry about, you know, anything anymore. Like I'll just buy a set of dies off of you and I'll just stamp out my knives. It'll be like those customers that come up to me and are just like, oh, you just stamp these out, right? And I'll be like, yes, actually yes. I do. Um, that's that always exactly the thing. Are hundred bucks the less. dies and are you going to make enough to you know, spread the cost of the dies out over enough blanks to being into you kind of manufacturing nuts. That's what really excites us. I mean, we're more like engineers and manufacturers than any specific thing, you know? So, but no, we've talked about that a lot, like wanting to do our own stuff or wanted to do some cool stuff. We made some chef knives, um, last after blade show. Yeah. Right after blade show, right after blade show, we made some chef knives and we're like, should we just start mass producing chef knives for fun? Yeah, our mind <laughs> went immediately to becoming a massive tycoons. Yeah. <laughs> just everything it. we do, we're just like, should we just make, try to make, figure out how to make thousands of these a month? Like, <laughs> yeah. We were pretty oh, optimistic. Yeah. Ryan, we haven't heard from uh, a couple of our sponsors yet. We, You mentioned Lawrence Lake. Um, I think it's important that the listeners know that he is a sponsor of the show. Why don't we go ahead and play that? Yes. Hustle and Grind is sponsored by Maritime Knife Supply. Whether you're looking for steel, abrasives, handle material, forges, epoxy, or anything for making in general, Maritime Knife Supply has you covered. And in the U.S. or Canada, they ship faster than the great Cobra Chicken Gooses that their country is known for. Go to Maritime Knife Supply, and when you buy a 10-pack of belts, get 10% off and... Tell them we sent you, eh? Eh? Thanks, Luke. Thanks, Luke. Sounds like the world's ending outside my shop. There's like sirens and craziness <laughs> going on out there. Well, I can't hear him. I can't hear him, yeah. Well, no, that's good. I we heard from Laura. She's got handle and, material. And, yeah, exactly. I could keep I could keep asking questions and, and, and talking more about this for a while, but let's save that for the after show. We're already an hour and 11 minutes in here. I think All the right. people want us to play some Florida Man. Okay. You guys want to oh, play this one was man? fun. I hope we perform as we did pretty good the one time. Yeah. I hope we can uh, redeem ourselves. Up. Well, repeat, repeat ourselves. Well, I, 
I didn't have as much time to prepare, but I think I got some good stories here. So I, I think we'll we'll be okay. I think I think okay. no matter how you perform, it'll be fine. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is where in the world is Florida man? It's a game we like play to play. I'll go for it, man. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, get ready to play. Where in the world is Florida man? That's right, boys and girls. It's the classic Florida man headline. The question is, was it truly a Florida man or where in the world was Florida man? We begin. Woman sues Hershey's for $5 million because the candy doesn't match the wrapper design. The Hershey company is being sued for their Reese's holiday candies. The complaint alleges that deceptive packaging as peanut butter cups do not have, quote, cute faces as displayed on the wrapper. (laughs) Cynthia Kelly, who brought the class action lawsuit, bought the, quote, cute looking pumpkin peanut butter cups in October, believing that the candy in question would match the outside. She is seeking at least five million dollars in damages. All right. That is not in Florida. This is uh, go ahead. Housewife. Say it. I know. I know what who's... you're trying to say. <laughs> a certain name. What? What were you? Uh, what was I trying to say? Oh, I thought you were going to say a certain name from a certain state. <laughs> hmm. You say Karen? Yeah, I was just going to say Karen. Yeah, that's that's what, what I was, was her name. Her name was something Kelly. Oh, Karen uh, Kelly. Cynthia, Cynthia Kelly. Maybe Cynthia maybe Cynthia Kelly. is the new Karen. Yeah, she's planning. Kelly. She was planning some party, and she really planned on those faces have those chocolates having cute little faces, and she thinks she lost a business deal over this. This is actually an uppity part of town that's bringing this lawsuit. <laughs> this is not a uh, a Florida trailer park. Okay, in my opinion. All right. What do you think, Kev? I can maybe see that. Um, I don't know. He's thinking hard about this one. Yeah. She does have money for a lawsuit. I think she does or something. The Kelly last name, I was trying to determine. Cynthia Kelly. Cynthia two Kelly. first. Because, like, that could be a white trash last name, Kelly. Yeah, I mean, the two first names was a giveaway on the last time we played this game. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but I don't think it's going to work this time. I don't think that's going to be. Yeah, you know. I'm going to go. Yeah, she cares too much, yeah. I'm going to go not Florida. I'm going to go suburbs somewhere. I don't know where suburbs would be. She's from Idaho, Utah. (laughs) Ryan, what are you thinking? I'm going to go straight up body shaming on this one. And I don't know if there's a lot of heifers in Florida. (laughs) Um, Like, you know, my 600-pound life type ladies. Right, but uh, I, I think there's a lot anything. of those in Florida. There was nothing in there in the story about that. Yeah, but a fit woman is not going to give a shit about Reese cups, and she's sure as oh. hell not going to sue over Reese cups. This woman is large. If it ruined her party, <laughs> though, <laughs> <laughs> what? I don't know. <laughs> Your logic is amazing. I've never been to Florida, but I've always been under the assumption it's the land of beautiful people because it's nice and beachy and sunny. And I think there's two types of people that reside in Florida. 
Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna agree with the guys and go not Florida because this. Wow. I don't think there's that many fat chicks in Florida. Someone's riding on this. I got you guys. That was oh. Florida. Was there a what? picture of her? You were she so fat? close. You were so close with the two first names. I mean, uh, I thought that you had like you were a little taste to switch there. us up. Yeah. Dang it. I always leave the names in when they're important. All right. Although I guess I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't be giving away my secrets. <laughs> uh, all right. Thank you to uh, Kyle Daly, KH, KH Daily Knives, for sending that oh. one in. Good job, man. You you got them all. That was a great <laughs> one. Uh, here we go. Uh, you know what? Actually, yeah. Okay. I'll, just, I'll read them in order. Uh, man gets in police chase, gun battle with SWAT, and sets house on fire after stealing cigarettes. A worker at a convenience store called deputies after witnessing the suspect stealing cigarettes. The suspect then drove at deputies arriving at the store and then attempted to flee, but was hindered by stop sticks a deputy had deployed. The suspect was able to drive to his home on a deflated tire, followed by deputies who commanded him to get out of his truck. When deputies approached the vehicle in an attempt to remove him, the suspect fired at them. The suspect then set fire to the cab of the truck and was forced into his home, where a short time later, deputies saw smoke and flames coming from the upper floor. When the suspect was spotted on a balcony, deputies used an armored vehicle to knock down the balcony and bring the suspect to the ground. <laughs> I that was a scene. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to pick up some detail. He's got a balcony in two stories. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if there's a lot of two-story houses. I'm almost in- picturing this in Louisiana. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's a lot of two-story houses in Florida. Because of Is hurricanes? I mean, there could be. I don't know. I mean, but seen that them. guy probably can't afford one. <laughs> be newer. Like, <laughs> yeah, they're guy, stealing like, cigarettes? Yeah. yeah. Like, maybe if they knocked his trailer off the blocks. Yeah, I'm still going to say it's a pretty Florida type story, though. Yeah, a lot of it is pretty Florida. I was trying to find some detail to differentiate. But that's why I'm saying it's still. It's all in the headline. Southern. Man. It's Louisiana. It's all on the headline. Can, can we hear the headline again? Or is man gets in police chase, gun battle with SWAT, and sets house in fire after house on fire after stealing cigarettes. Uh, I mean, it's very Florida esque. That's the tough thing is you could just try to be trapping us. Um, Keeping a straight face. Straight face. Ryan, Ryan, what are you thinking? Yeah, Ryan, you leave this time. Um, Man, I can just picture your stereotypical Florida man like, you'll never take me alive. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Um, guns are legal in Florida. Um, I'm going Florida. I'm going to go. It's so, it's so Florida. The only thing you didn't say was he was high on meth. <laughs> mm, yes, that's true. Yeah. There weren't really any drugs involved. Just nicotine. Yeah. <laughs> Just some good old Marlboro 100s. <laughs> I'm sticking Cigarettes with are my cheap uh, in initial... Florida too. That's the weird part. Why would you need to steal them? Especially when oh, you got a balcony. So there's a good, there's a good clue. I'm going to say not Florida then. I'm going to say not Florida because of the balcony and the thing. I hope I'm not wrong. If it was an apartment building, there's apartment buildings there, but I've seen one part of Florida. I didn't see a lot of two-story houses. <laughs> Give it to us. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's Florida, guys. Dang it. <laughs> Dust. Dust. <laughs> it's too obvious. 
That kind of headline <laughs> only comes out of Florida. Yeah. <sighs> uh, right. Thank you to Minuteman Forge for sending that one in, and congratulations to you as well. You got them. Although somehow Ryan got it right, which is a rarity. Uh, it's true. Last one here. Getaway vehicles. <laughs> Getaway vehicles stolen while suspects rob business. Police say they arrested two of the three suspects in the armed robbery of a check cashing business. At this time, the department has not released the information about the person who stole the vehicle, which police say might have already been stolen. Check cashing. Uh, so, so, those are all over. That that could these, be LA. These guys went to steal a vehicle, went to rob a store, and somebody stole their getaway rig yeah. while they were in the store robbing it. So, Sounds I mean, like that's San Francisco. Mm, yeah. It's fantastic. I yeah, that could be anywhere. That does not need. Do to you be guys Florida. have check cashing places? I had never seen one until I moved to the West Coast. Yeah, right. so I almost feel so like that Maine, might be more we don't here. Have them. We're more familiar with it. Yeah. I think I feel like that was yeah I don't know I don't know if we just go to Walmart and do what they they cash your checks yeah if it's a printed oh. check Walmart will cash it well they'll cash them at liquor stores here but the like the check into cash places will give you like a three hundred dollar advance until you get your next paycheck but then uh, it's like fifty dollars fees for like that week advance and then you go to a different check cashing place <laughs> to pay that other one off. But then you lose fifty dollars every time and you get stuck in a vicious cycle. That's what my mom did when I was young. That's oh. a slippery slope. Well, that makes That's it less funny slope. when you say it like that. <laughs> Not Florida. <laughs> yeah, that's Hemet. That's that's where we would go. Hemet. Yeah, I was saying Kevin. Not Florida. But <laughs> Not Florida. <laughs> yeah, Not Florida. I agree. Ryan, what about you? I oh, agree. Okay. We're all going not Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Final answer. Yeah. 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 We got Congrats, it wrong. I guys. can tell just what you you're got one. Yeah. Oh, we got it right? One yeah. out of three. One out of three. <laughs> I'll take it. I win. That was Colorado, actually. Colorado, okay. Ah. And shout out to David that. Burke of OLC Knives. Thank you for sending that one in. He bought some blocks off me. Shout out to David Burke. Oh, sweet. He's a good dude. <sighs> Man, that was tougher for you guys than I thought. I, 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 I yeah, thought for sure the, the second on the one... one. <laughs> <laughs> the second one was just a, a gimme. I, th- I thought we were just going to like, I was just going like, to give it to you guys, you know? Should we assume that it, like, you wouldn't give us anything that's Florida-esque that's not Florida? Or no. You, like, <sighs> they're all Florida-esque, though. That's the whole point. That, uh, that's yeah. the, that's kind of the, the name of the game, man. And, and yeah. especially every once in a while, I'll throw in a meth one that's not Florida just so that I can get Ryan. Because just <laughs> as soon as Ryan hears meth, he goes, Florida. <laughs> <laughs> He tricked me last week. It was from Maine, and I thought it was Florida. Ooh. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. David Burke, actually, the guy who sent in that last one, he he took it as a personal challenge. When Ryan was like, "Oh, we've never heard any Maine stories," he's like, "All <laughs> right, here we go." Everyone <laughs> trying to add Noah. We have a local Facebook page called the Bang- Bangor Area Tweakers, and it's a, it's a private page because people get upset about it, but like. Yeah. People will record tweakers all over Bangor and post them in this page. Well, that's for fun us to, for us to mock and laugh at. And and uh, I I found I I like this Instagram page called Joey B Tunes, where he like has like kind of like morbid, not morbid, but like like a dystopian view on 
today's world and he just kind of narrates on these stupid videos he finds online. I posted one of them because in the video was a clip of a meth head or a bath salts guy in Bangor, Maine. And mm-hmm. I recognized it because of the Bangor area tweakers page. Yeah. <laughs> That's in the main street McDonald's. Yeah. It's always the fun main when street you McDonald's. notice those sort of like areas, you know, and you feel like a celebrity for the tweakers in your area. <laughs> yeah. I've seen that. Yeah, guy. I, I was in a uh, police chase video once uh, really? down here in, in back when I lived in Wenatchee. Um, yeah, that's just fun. like 20, 20 minutes south of here. There was a guy that stole a, uh, a taxi cab and the police cam footage was posted later on and every, you know, everybody in the area is watching it and stuff. And I'm like, there's my truck. It's right there. He passed by me. <laughs> like I was just like sitting in traffic, like trying to get home. And all of a sudden this freaking stolen car goes by and then I smacked the mic. And anyways, yeah, yeah. we it was pretty special. A high speed chase. There was no cameras. We didn't oh, get yeah. to be in the footage like you, but uh, this the guy in the chase made like direct eye contact with us as he was, he ran the red light in front of us luckily why did we stop we heard sirens yeah we heard sirens so we stopped and stopped like way short of the intersection luckily too because he cut the <clears> left <throat> turn in front of us like way way inside and like just stared at us with this <laughs> look like What's he was up, ready to bro? die <laughs> yeah it was oh geez that was weird yeah I'm just like what's that guy going through right now yeah his heart pumping so fast yeah. Wow. Imagine the adrenaline of running from the cops like that. Yeah. Because you know He's you're getting caught. Them. Yeah. 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 Especially never up here been, in the desert. I, I'd never have any, I've never had any like wild car accident stories, but a buddy of mine did. So a buddy of mine, back when we were younger, he crashed, I think it was like 12 cars in eight years. <laughs> we all know like that, eight. guys. Yep. Yeah. One of them, he's doing like 80 miles an hour down a 35 mile an hour road in a must like one of them old square body 5.0 Mustangs <coughs> loses control of the car and horseshoes it around a tree oh. gets out of the car and he's in shock and he's like walking in the middle of the street, picking up Pokemon cards that flew out of his car. <laughs> oh, well, they're valuable. And people are like, what are you doing? He's like, Oh, I gotta get this one's, uh, he's like, he's this like one's first edition. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, He's like, I don't remember any of it, but he's like, I must have been in shock. I was like, you yeah. must have been. He's like, Pokemon cards, just picking them <laughs> up all over the street. The paramedics like had to sit him down. His car was totaled. It was wrecked. I don't know how wow. he still had a license. Yeah. How do they get insurance? Yeah. I don't know. Every yeah. month, his insurance bill was like $700 a month at one point. <laughs> Jeez. In his early I would 20s. just not drive. Yeah. He's like, how do you even like afford to drive at that point? A chauffeur would be cheaper. Yeah. He's always been pretty good at making money. Oh. Hmm. One way or another. Yeah. Oh, okay. He could afford Pokemon um, cards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's talk about abrasives real quick, and then I think we need to cut over to an after show. Perfect. Sure. Hustle and Grind podcast is sponsored by Phoenix Abrasives, your one-stop abrasive shop. When you go to phoenixabrasives.com, Click the shop icon in the upper right-hand corner to find all the abrasives you'll ever need. Check out the Incinerator 36-grit ceramic belts, along with the Trizact gator belts that the hosts of Hustle & Grind use every day. When you check out, use code HUSTLE10 for 10% off your entire order. Thanks, Luke. 
We appreciate Thanks, you, Luke. brother. Um, yeah. So Phoenix Abrasives, uh, they carry all top quality uh, granny belts. And our boy, Neil, uh, at Maximus Knives, just got himself his own special little kit. So if you're into satin finishes, uh, there's the uh, Neil Warren or Maximus Knives. I'm not sure what it's called. Uh, satin finish kit. Uh, it's just a set of belts that is something that he likes to use to get a satin finish. And so now he's got his own special little uh, satin uh, finish pack of belts uh, up on the website. So if you go to knife making products, you'll see it there on the Phoenix Abrasives um, shop page. And so shout out to Neil. That's awesome for him. Um, if you're interested in that, check that out. Earlier in the show when I was talking about using my um, my new rotary attachment which is just phenomenal uh i was using phoenix abrasives you know uh, doing handle material some ao belts nothing too crazy nice uh nice soft backing on that to go with the uh the rotary platen the j j weight yeah that would be the j weight anyways great stuff from them it's all me and ryan use those uh red ferrari ceramic belts do a great job of hogging material off and they stay pretty cool and they're pretty long lasting i gotta say um and yeah so good stuff use hustle, hustle 10 get you 10 percent off yeah pretty when good. i saw neil pretty post that i was like shit how did i not think of that how did i not <laughs> I we all use we all use different progressions i'm like shit I'm like we should do a hustle and grind fucking belt pack damn it i know Damn Good it, Neil! Him. You thought of it before us. How dare Fuck. you? Fuck! <laughs> it's so hard to pick right. progression kits like to sell. Like we kit them up. Oh and yeah, kit belts up, and it's just like, man, it's so specific to your process. But you, people, a lot of our customers, when they're getting into it, just need a suggestion, and uh, <coughs> we try to try our best to kind of pick stuff that'll help out. But yeah. 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 And you guys sell those kits on your website, right? Like when somebody goes to buy a grinder, they can buy a belt kit off your website too, right? Yeah. 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 We only sell kits because we're not set up to sell belts. We just sell sell a few. So when someone buys a machine, they can get a kit and get going. And we tell them, you know, you can go buy from whatever. Yeah, I go. Well, that's a great way to go. Like you know, this. just just get, you know, some, some grits. And then as you work through your process, you're going to figure out your progression and, and how you're going to grind. And, and that's, it's specific to everybody, but you know, as a beginner starting out, you, you got to just get one of those kits and just kind of figure out what's, what works for you. Mm -hmm. And you guys actually give away belts with your grinders. I got a 40 and a 120 with my grinder. We didn't always. And our mentality for a long time was like, that's weird. Like whenever you buy a high end machine, it doesn't come with like the tools that you put in it. Like, your drill press doesn't come with drills. Your, you know, our, our mill doesn't come with end mills. Like you buy what you need for what you do. You've you've reached a new stage of, but we heard enough times that people were like, didn't come with any belts. We're like, all right, we'll start sending a few belts. <laughs> we're like, I guess we're wrong. Nice. I, <laughs> it's a nice oh, little I know, treat. Uh, we had uh, we had Sharky on a while ago, and he was he's got one of the tridents. And it it came with a belt on here on there, and he I think he said he left it on there for like because he he does you know wood scales you know grinding metal the belt's gonna last a lot longer. He's like yeah I think I used that belt for like I don't know x x amount of like handle scales that he like just went through before he even had to change the belt. He said it was great. Yeah, what's funny is we always did ship the two by forty eight with the belt, but mainly for a shipping reason. 
is, you know, the two by 48 has a small wheel holder built into it up right. top. Right. Okay. And yeah. to keep the small wheel in place, we needed a belt on to just hold the small <laughs> wheel in there. So we're like, all right. Uh, so it's a feature that's a good idea. <laughs> and a solution at the same time. Yeah. Yep. And the cool thing is that one, now that it's got a belt on it, it is fully assembled. If you ran an extension cord to the inside of the box when it shows up, you can run that machine in the box. I it is do fully it. built. That's awesome. <coughs> Perfect for a beginner that doesn't want to have to mess with setting anything else. Yeah, I want to do a video. I just want to punch through the box and plug it in and turn it on and just shove steel into the box and <laughs> the sparks come out everywhere. Until the sparks catch it on fire, yeah. Yeah, because it would. Yeah, it's ready to go. It's crazy how many people I see Instagram posts of people that run their machines still on the shipping plywood. That we send yeah. all the machines on. Yeah, they don't want to like bolt it to their bench, so they just like set the whole thing on the shipping plywood and then clamp <laughs> the plywood to their uh-huh. bench. See yeah, those are my people. <laughs> where where yeah. we have like no patience whatsoever, and so rather than you know taking the time to do it properly, you know, just it's already on a piece of plywood. Just grab yeah. some clamps. There you go. My boss always jokes that scavenging is in my blood. And like, as soon as I saw that plywood on the bottom of the grinder with the, with the threaded inserts that you hammer into the wood, I was like, oh, sweet. Now I got four threaded inserts. And this little piece of plywood. <laughs> it was my yeah. first thought. I'm like, nice. Those inserts aren't cheap. <laughs> and I got a little wow. piece of plywood. You never know what you're going to need a little piece of plywood for. Did you save the two by threes too? I, I use them for kindling. All right. That's something. That's good. That's a good use for All me. right, guys. I'm coughing so much too. Jeez. Hour and a half in. You guys got anything else you want to say on the main show before we head over to an after? Let's go to the after show. We love you, beautiful folks. Yeah, all the beautiful folks out there in Florida, we love you. Log into the pay for the Patreon so you can come listen to us in the after yeah, show. We do it. All the cool kids are doing it. That's right. <laughs> we we yeah. should probably promote that we have a Patreon one Patreon one of these days. We should like read off our patrons and tell people that you can listen to the after show. And send us messages, send us questions for the guests, and uh, we appreciate all the guys who uh, support us on Patreon. It's wonderful, and for as little as a dollar a month, you know, or like eleven, eleven or twelve bucks a year, it's it's a great way to show your support, um, and we appreciate it. So, for those of you that already do that, we'll see you in a couple minutes, and uh, we'll have a great after show. And I have a couple of things that I wanted to mention about things that people said that you're just not going to get out on the main show. You're just not going to yeah. get it. You have and to we be- don't do little cheap ass after shows where you get 10 minutes of an after show for your money. Our after shows, sometimes they're longer than the actual episode. It's not going to be yeah, this week. The last but- one was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've only got 10 minutes to talk. Just, just like, just like Led Zeppelin. We ramble on. Uh, <laughs> let's go guys. We'll see you. Yeah, see you next week. Thanks see- for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Woo.